We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. Our first question coming in hot, nutritional broth with specific health benefits. Okay, so yeah, nutritional broth with specific health benefits. So kind of this to me kind of reads as like why why bone broth? What are the benefits? And there's there's lots of benefits. We've actually done a podcast with Flo from Crude, Crude Carnivore. Um, who has a PhD in animal nutrition. So she's, it's a really informative podcast. And there's tons of, of benefits to, for using, for using uh, bone broth. But I'm going to go over why there's pretty much three main reasons why I like to, why I take it myself or why I drink it, but also why I give it to my dogs. So the number one reason is joints, especially with my older dogs. In even June, you know, my younger border collie, I, I went to, you know, she's a super active dog, so keeping her joints healthy is is a priority. But yeah, bone broth has, and I've talked about this before, but it has uh, something called glycaminoglycans, which is really cool. So what they're they're highly polar, and so they they attract water, they pull moisture into the joints to kind of give it that that bouncy effect. So it kind of acts like a like a lubricant or a, a shock absorber. These glycaminoglycans they also help repair compromised gum tissue and strengthen the ligaments that hold the the tooth into the the jawbone um so another good reason or another good um benefit of these uh, gags that they're called gags then on top of you know these glycaminoglycans you're, you're also getting collagen and chondroitin and hyaluronic acid so you're getting lots of good uh benefits overall just joint health through the through the bone broth itself, and you think about it, like when you make bone broth, it's pulling all those ligaments and sinew, tendons, the bone marrow, like all those things that are really good for, you know, strengthening and also lubricating the the joints is is in that is on those bones, right? So you're just essentially simmering that off the bones and putting it in a super bioavailable form for your for your dog to ingest. So the second reason I give it to my dogs is for the detox properties. So you know, our, our pets livers, and I talk about this a lot. Um, you know, they're obviously the livers help us detox. The livers are in in a way kind of detox machines. Unfortunately for our pets, you know, they're, they're a lot smaller than we are. They're lower to the ground. They're more, you know, in contact with pretty toxic things. And so they're bombarded with, with toxins on, on a daily basis, bombarded way more than their capacity can, can handle. So, you know, we talk about household cleaners and pesticides, herbicides on, you know, our lawns and on all these parks that we take our dogs to. Um, toxins on some of the, you know, on the processed pet food, if you're feeding processed pet food. Um, conventional flea and tick, tick meds, you know, which are, uh, most of them are, you know, neurotoxins or uh, from the family of isosoxylenes. So those can obviously wreak havoc on the, the liver. Um, and, you know, lots of medications, antibiotics, vaccines, et cetera. So our, our dogs and cats are really, really um, kind of being assaulted by all these uh, these toxins on a daily basis. So 
just to give them their liver the capacity to be able to detox more is, is really important. So their their little livers, um, they never really evolved to take on the absolute onslaught of all these all these toxins, right? So I was reading this article from Dogs Naturally, and they wrote about how their livers are are limited um, in the detoxification process by the availability availability of the amino acid glycine. So if they don't have a lot of glycine or they're not producing a lot of glycine, um, they're they're less likely to be able to detox like they should. Surprise, surprise, bone broth is an amazing source of that amino acid glycine. So being able to give them that amino acid to help uh, help their liver function um, top-notch is, is really important. So joint health, detox, um, and then lastly, gut health. You know, I talked about leaky gut syndrome a lot. I think it's the culprit for a lot of our pets' so-called allergies, right? Because we have this kind of like this mucosal lining in the in our in, in in our intestines and also in our, our pets' intestines where, you know, digested material should be able to permeate through. And the problem is our dogs and cats, especially when they're eating like a really inflammatory diet or when they're on certain medications and so forth, that permeability, those holes in their intestine get really big, right? It's, it, there's a lot of inflammation in the intestines and then those holes kind of go from really small to really big. Um, and now all of a sudden you're getting all kinds of um, undigested, you know, food particles essentially going up into their bloodstream and their immune system's like, whoa, what is all this stuff floating around the bloodstream and then attacks it. And then all of a sudden we think our dogs have allergies, but they just have a form of leaky gut, which can be healed with the proper diet. But bone broth is an unbelievable supplement for, for leaky gut because bro- bone broth contains the soluble protein called gelatin. So gelatin is is really good um, in healing and kind of fill, filling those those problematic holes in the intestinal lining that I was talking about. So um, it's also great for six dogs. Sorry, six sick dogs. So a lot. Of, I don't know. A lot of people still do that. Like the chicken and rice, and I know it's a, a lot of vets still recommend doing chicken and rice if the dog's not feeling well. I don't. I don't ever do that um, for lots of reasons. But my dogs. Uh, just don't, they don't eat rice anyways. And rice could be pretty inflammatory for any dog. So bone broth is actually a really good, if your dog's stomach isn't feeling too hot, it's actually a great supplement for that. Just to kind of soothe the intestinal lining, give them some nutrients. Um, so a lot of times I'll do kind of like a, a bone broth fast for a day, uh, if my dogs are going through something. So just nothing but bone broth. So that's that's bone broth. Those are the three, you know, big reasons. So joints, detox, and gut health. Those are the main reasons. I hope that answers that question. I think that's what that question was um, referring to. But um, I think those are three good enough reasons to give your dog bone broth. Um, we sell lots. I mean, we have um, our our most popular one is by uh, the is the crude carnivore, um, which she uses some other things. On top of, you know, the glycine and, you know, the glycaminoglycans, and I didn't even talk about glutathione. So there's all kinds of things. And is she, you know, flow from crude carnivore, she adds like dandelion greens and all these other things that are really good at aiding in detoxification and intestinal lining and and things like that. So, yeah, bone broth. So crude crude carnivore is a really popular one we have. Uh, Another new one that we started carrying is um, Fido's. Uh, which is a local, means made here in Columbus, Ohio. It's really awesome. They teamed up with Dr. Rita Hogan, 
um, canine herbalist and and developed a really cool, uh, actually a couple lines of really good bone broth that's been popular. So give those a try. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers, no preservatives. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? I like a lot of things about Steve's, but one is their long history. They've been doing it longer than most. The second thing is they use whole food and only whole food ingredients. They don't use synthetics. It's just real simple whole food. What do you mean simple? Well, when people look on the back of a bag of kibble, they see a long list of ingredients that most people don't even know what they are. You'd almost have to be a chemist to know. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. And what you see is beef, beef heart, beef liver, beef kidney, raw goods, milk, broccoli, and a bunch of other whole food, real food. And Mozzie likes it too, so of course I'm a big fan. I know Anthony and I love their mission statement to produce food that is good for your pet and the land that they walk on. So come into our shop, Fangs and Fur, to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. Girls Gone Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all-natural, carnivore-focused treats and chews that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com. All right, one more, Anthony. Confused about what foods are actually toxic to cats and dogs? What are the real dangers? This is a good question. There's, there's actually a lot. There's, there's a lot of stuff that is uh, toxic to our pets that are that's not toxic to us. So things that we really need to be careful of. I'm going to go over some of them. Not all of them are. Um, th- there's more to this than what I have here, but these are the big ones that um, are most commonly seen. So the big one that everyone knows about is is chocolate. And chocolate, again, it, it can be toxic, um, specifically dark chocolate or chocolate that's actually chocolate, right? So a lot of, I mean what I mean by that is our candy that we have nowadays is like our candy chocolate is not even it's not even real chocolate, you know, or at least in most cases it doesn't contain enough cacao to harm your dog. I remember my our dog growing up, Hogan had a someone left out a box of Valentine's Day, like Hershey's Valentine's Day chocolates, and he ate the whole damn thing. I don't even think he had a bad stool. Like I <laughs> he just Plowed through that, no problem whatsoever. And it's probably because, thank God, it wasn't even like real chocolate, right? It's just like fake milk chocolate stuff. Not to say that it can't be serious, because it definitely can be. I'm just saying like, you know, the the cooking chocolate or this the the dark chocolate, you know, that's like 70, 80, 85% cacao. Like that stuff can be, that stuff can be very toxic to them. So just, there's actually a chemical inside cacao called theobromine and and that's what's really doing the damage to our, our dogs. So you definitely want to avoid your dog from eating it. Um, signs of toxicity that you would see from from chocolate most likely most likely would be things like seizures or irregular heartbeats, potentially death. So given enough, so just uh, be very careful. Another toxin to look out for that can also be in chocolate, it can be peanut butter, it can be in gum, um, a lot of things that are sweet, and that is xylitol, uh, which is a, it's an artificial sweetener. So XY, you've probably seen this, uh, X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. So a lot of people give their dogs peanut butter, and a lot of peanut butter has xylitol in it. So it's interesting, you know, the reason why xylitol is is toxic to our dogs is because it confuses their bodies into thinking that it's actual, like real sugar. So then what happens is their their pancreas dumps a massive amount of insulin 
into their bodies. But again, there's no real sugar for their body to utilize. So then their blood sugar levels just drop like crazy low. So if this happens, what you'll see is you'll see tremors, seizures, um, dogs can go into a coma and, and potentially death. So definitely something um, before you give your dog a scoop of peanut butter. I don't give my dogs peanut butter. I don't understand it. Dogs don't need legumes, obviously, um, or anything in peanut butter. So um, they just don't get it. But if you want to do peanut butter, you know, definitely make sure it does not have xylitol in it. Um, caffeine. Caffeine is another good, uh, another good one, another bad one, uh, potentially for for our dogs. It's just that their bodies are very, very sensitive to caffeine. So in in healthy amounts, in decent, you know, large amounts, it, it can cause seizures and irregular rapid heartbeats. Obviously, it can be fatal in high enough doses. I will say my dogs have June and Mozzie in particular. Like if I like leave a coffee cup in my cup holder and run in somewhere, like in my car. Like they they'll they'll drink my coffee. Um, now they've never had <laughs> they've never had any issues. I don't think they've ever had nearly enough, and probably because most of my coffee is m- cream. But um, definitely something you want to be careful of. And if they do get into it, kind of look out for those those signs. Macadamia nuts is another big one that is uh, talked about a lot, but um, usually not fatal, but will definitely. Get your dog sick, vomiting, diarrhea, ataxia, where they're kind of staggering, muscle tremors, can even really quickly raise their, their body temperature. So grapes and raisins, those are the same thing. Um, <laughs> some, you know, no, there's some of my adult friends that don't know these things, um, like that raisins are grapes or that pickles are cucumbers, things like that. But uh, yeah, grapes or, or raisins, they can cause kidney failure. And it really depends. It really depends on the dog and the tolerance. Every every dog seems to react differently to to grapes. For some dogs, it takes only a couple of grapes to set them off. Others, it can be a handful before anything really happens. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely want to avoid at all cost. Um, I know my dogs have had grapes, not on purpose. And I, I there used to be a girl at this at the dog park I went to when I lived in Seattle and she used to like cut up grapes to give dirt like that's treats for her dogs. I always think about this. Um, so obviously that dog had a very high tolerance, but yeah, definitely don't want to be, uh, giving those to your, to your dog. It's funny. I'm, I think like Mozzie and June, like they don't even, it's a texture thing. They don't even like when my kids are having, they drop them on the floor or whatever. They, they don't even try to eat them. Either they know or they don't like them. They don't like the texture. I'm not quite sure, but um, make sure to try to pick it up as soon as I can, just, just in case. Um, onions is another big one. So onions in large quantities can cause damage to your dog's red blood cells, leading to, to potentially dangerous anemia. So again, so anemia, like not having enough, um, healthy red blood cells, um, or hemoglobin to carry oxygen to the, to the body's tissues. Um, so especially like powders, like avoid like, um, and this goes for, I'm going to talk about garlic here in a second, but like garlic powders and onion powders, things like that can be more concentrated. So just, you know, be, be watchful of that garlic. Yeah. So this is a tricky one. So garlic is actually can be very beneficial for, for our dogs. There were some studies done that, um, kind of scared some, some people in the dog community about feeding garlic, but garlic actually has a lot of, of benefits really quickly, you know, the benefits of garlic. Um, there's a really good article from Dogs Naturally 
about about garlic and how to feed it. But yeah, uh, some of the benefits they list, it prevents the formation of blood clots, decreases cholesterol buildup, widens blood vessels, helps prevent the formation of tumors, stimulates the lymphatic system to remove waste. Uh, it's a natural antibiotic, antifungal, antiparasitic. Um, it's also really good uh, natural flea and tick repellent. Um, so like in, even in the powder that we sell at the store, um, it has garlic in it. It's been known to help fight cancer. So, so there's lots of good benefits. Uh, and you definitely, if you can, um, you know, obviously feeding fresh garlic to your dog is, is always a great idea. You just need to be careful on how you do it. I would say that if you have a pregnant dog, I would avoid feeding it. If you have a dog under one, I wouldn't feed it. Um, it's recommended under six months to not feed garlic. Um, and that's because, you know, puppies, puppies eight weeks um, or younger, they don't produce uh, new red blood cells. So you, you definitely don't want to give them garlic, but I would just play it safe. And just if they're underneath, if they're under a year, I just wouldn't give it to them. And then there's also certain breeds. So like Akitas and Shiba Inos, those ancient breeds are for some reason more sensitive to, uh, to garlic. So, and then if your dog's on medications, so like immunosuppressants, heart medications, chemotherapy, uh, blood thinners, insulin, antacids, uh, blood pressure drugs, things like that. You definitely want to avoid giving garlic because they can um, interact with those drugs. So, but yeah, there was a study that was done that scared everyone thinking that garlic was extremely toxic to dogs. Um, there's a study, I think it was out of Japan. Um, and the, the thing is they were feeding excessive amounts of garlic to these dogs. They're feeding, um, I think it was a 75-pound golden retriever. They're feeding four full heads of garlic. or That's equivalent to 60 cloves garlic. You know, I mean, that's uh, that'd be a lot for, you know, obviously a human to eat too. Um, it, it, I think in the article it says it's equivalent to like 10, um, six to eight cloves for like a 10-pound dog, right? So it's, I mean, that's a lot. And definitely, you know, you, I'm not asking to feed that much. Um, but... Um, there's also, there's, there's been tons of studies on, on the benefits that it can have on dogs, especially long-term. So, you know, that one study really scared everyone, but there's been tons of studies on the benefits of it. So, um, you just want to do it safely real quick as a, as a kind of a guide as to how much to feed, you know, a five pound dog would be getting about one sixth of a teaspoon a day. 10-pound dog getting one-third of a teaspoon, 15-pound dog half a teaspoon, 20-pound dog two-third teaspoon, 30-pound dog a teaspoon a day. So you don't need a lot. It's just a little bit goes a long way. And you definitely don't want to do like the minced or the powder. You just want to do like fresh, fresh raw garlic. Um, so... Yeah, so, I mean, I guess there is a potential for garlic to be toxic for, obviously, certain breeds, those those Akitas and the Shibas, those ancient breeds, and for, you know, younger dogs or dogs that are on, uh, so I should say puppies or dogs that are less than a year old, pregnant dogs and dogs on certain drugs, but um, I give garlic all the time to my dogs, so uh, I've never seen any kind of, um, I guess, ill effect on that. There's other things I have read. I, when I was doing some research on this, there's a lot of articles put out that dairy is um, can be, while not toxic, can cause some issues with dogs. I the problem with that is I know what they're they're they're, they're assuming that you're going to feed pasteurized dairy, uh, 
which I mean, pasteurized dairy is, you know, all the dairy we get from the grocery stores. Um, you know, this causes issues in humans too, because they're ultra pasteurized. So there's no, they're just filled with a bunch of lactose and don't have any lactase to break down that lactose. And so, because it's all been zapped out. So of course that's going to be way harder to digest. The dogs, a lot of dogs, like if you're just doing like goat milk from the grocery store or milk from the grocery store, you're, yeah, it's going to, it's probably not going to go over well with your dog, but obviously if you're feeding raw or fermented raw goat milk or kefir, um, even like, so, you know, we get, we buy raw milk for our kids from a local farm here in Columbus. And, um, I, even if I'm out of goat milk or something like that for dogs, I'll put a little bit of that on their food. And there's definitely some benefit to that. Um, just getting some good probiotics and, and enzymes back in there. Um, I mean, they're eating raw food. I just like to give them the extra moisture too and the extra uh, bacteria and all that good stuff. So um, I wouldn't be afraid of dairy. I'd be afraid of pasteurized dairy. But if you're getting, if you have a really good source or you're buying, you know, the raw, like we sell Answers, raw goat milk and green juju, raw goat milk, Bones & Co. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. Primal has some goat milk. Um yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of brands now that do that do raw milk, um, and there's let me tell you there's lots of benefits. We've we've seen a lot of dogs and cats um, really do well and heal on on goat milk. So uh, don't be afraid of that. Um, lastly, you know there's the whole controversy with bones. Obviously, dogs and cats need bone in their diet. Um, I think it gets. I think because the way. It's, it's because there's, you know, obviously when, when a pet or dog or cat gets a hold of a cooked bone or a smoked bone, um, that's when the problems occur, right? Because now all of a sudden the collagen in that bone is hardened and now that bone can splinter and cause choking, cause intestinal damage, right? So we obviously want to avoid that. You know, feeding raw bones is the best way to go, right? So my dogs get four or five, maybe six um, duck, chicken, or turkey necks a week. They get raw fermented pig feet that have bone in them. Um, they get chicken feet, um, all raw, of course, because um, those are great. Those are like nature's toothbrushes, um, getting some calcium and phosphorus and all kinds of good minerals in their diet. And it also is one of the best things. I know this is gross to talk about, but feeding that kind of bone content, especially the necks, are like one of the best things you can do for anal gland issues. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've recommended that to customers, and it's made a night and day difference their dogs have not had any anal gland issues in years so um and their teeth are way better so um the ggr stuff we have at the shop the girls gone raw stuff um people a lot of times ask me about that bone content um what's cool about that is what she she does she first she dehydrates them she's not really cooking them or smoking them she's dehydrating these uh the necks and the feet and the wings and all that stuff at low temperatures for an extended amount of time so that the collagen's not hardening. She's actually keeping it, um, you know, at lower temperatures where the collagen is not doing that. Um, so we've never had any issues with with dogs on um, chewing those feet and necks and bones from GGR. So nothing but benefits from all that, all that good stuff. So don't be afraid to feed bone unless it's cooked, of course, or smoked. I mean, even some pet stores still... Will smell or sell cooked bones. I'm just I don't I don't trust it. I don't trust the smoked 
the smoked bones. Um, I just I, they can splinter still, so just not worth it. I'd rather I'd rather just feed raw marrow bones, duck necks, chicken necks, turkey necks, anything from GGR, all that good stuff. So, um, cool. Those are the questions we got this week. So. Um, I think we'll do some more. This has been kind of fun. We get, these are, you know, these are all questions we get a lot in the shop. So it's kind of good just to kind of get it out there and hopefully people, hopefully it helps some people who had had some, um, were just kind of curious about some things or I don't know, didn't feel safe about feeding certain things. So, um, awesome. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family. And that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. Well, thank you for listening. And if, uh, as always, if you ever have a question, if you want to direct message us on Instagram, things for pets. Yeah, and I think we'll do another episode of, of Q&A here soon. We have some more yeah. questions that we didn't answer um, these episodes, but of course. Well, well we coming. appreciate everyone who did send in a question. Um, we'll definitely get to it soon. That's it. I think it's so. a wrap. Yeah. Cool. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.